Hey church, we are in our Multiply Rhythm series. Last week we talked about up, in and out and what that means for us. And so this week, next week, we're diving into the rhythm of up. Today we're going to deal with faith. Next week we'll deal with fuel. But let's get, let's get started on faith. When I say faith, what I mean is uh, how are your spiritual disciplines going? How is your corporate and personal worship going? How are you hearing from God? hearing and obeying like, like the sign behind me. How are, how are you doing those things? What does that look like? What, is, it, um, is it vibrant? Is it fruitful? Um, what, is, what does it look like when you're practicing the presence of God through the spiritual disciplines? That, all, that, that is what faith encompasses. So uh, today we're going to be out of Isaiah chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 and, and just talk about uh, faith all the way through this passage. So uh, let's, let's just jump right in. It says here that uh, the word that Isaiah, in verse 1, the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. So this is a historical setting for, for this book. Uh, Judah and Jerusalem, this is, uh, the book of Isaiah is both pre-exilic, so before the exile, and uh, during the exile. So uh, the people of Israel, they're to, they, they're to be a light to the nations, to bless the nations. And the, and the Lord said, if you don't, then I'm going to have to basically uh, spit you out of the land in order that a remnant will come back to be this blessing to the nations, to be this light to the world, because the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, is going to come through your lineage. And in order to do that, you have to be a people who is willing to bless, who is willing to, to um, be a light to the nations, who is willing to have the up rhythm in order, who is will willing to have their faith in order. And so, as we enter into chapter 2 here, it's pre-exilic, about to go into the exile. We just came out of an entire series called Embracing Exile because we, as the people of God today, are in this world as ambassadors from heaven, as ministers of the truth, in exile. We're in a world where we're called to, to seek the welfare of our city because in, in its welfare we'll find, we'll find our welfare. We're called to plant, we're called to build, we're called to have families all those things. So how do we do that when we're in a world that is so different and desires different things and is, has different goals and is pursuing different things than the Kingdom of God is showing us? Well, that's that whole series. So uh, that's the historical setting right now. A, uh, Isaiah is trying to prepare a group of people who are supposed to be the people of God, who are supposed to have their faith in order, to be the people of God in exile. Because remember, this is pre-exile right now. But he's trying to prepare them for exile. So he says, this is a word uh, that Isaiah shared to Judah and Jerusalem. Verse 2, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Verse 3, And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we 
may walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Okay, so there's a few things in here. This is such a beautiful passage. Love, love, love this, this passage here. Um, so a few things here. One, Isaiah refers to God as the Lord. If you have your Bible open, you can see that Lord is in all caps. Uh, it's capitalized and in smaller caps. So that means it's the personal name of God, Yahweh. This is a personal name he gave to the people of Israel in Exodus chapter 3. It means I will be what I will be. I am what I am. It is what it is. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't mean that, <laughs> that last part. You guys know I detest that last phrase. But it means I am. You see Jesus used this uh, in John chapter 8. So this is God's personal name. God's faith, this, this F that's part of the up rhythm that builds into the up rhythm, is very personal. Now, what I mean by that is it's intimate. I don't mean, oh, don't talk to me about my faith because it's personal. That's not what I mean, okay? Because that wouldn't go very well with the algorithm, right? And we kind of live in a society these days uh, where it's like, oh, that's okay for you. Uh, I'm going to believe what I believe. That's okay for you. You believe what you believe and you go, but don't, don't talk to me about it. That's where it's like, oh, because it's personal. No, that's not the type of personal here. What we mean is intimate relationship with the Lord. What's born out of that is an in and an out. And very much so, faith uh, in particular is, faith in particular is the, the one that informs all the other Fs. It informs fitness and fuel and family and fruit and finances. And just like the up rhythm kind of sets the stage for, for in and out as well. Even though they all kind of happen simultaneously. So when it says Lord here, and it says it a, f uh, a few times, it's talking about Yahweh. It's, it's this intimate relationship that we have come into. God is not just some transcendent uh, being out there. He's not just some cosmic Santa Claus that you come and ask for, for gifts from. He's not just a, a clockmaker who set the clock, who wound it up and then stepped back. <clears throat> he is intimately involved in each of our lives. That's what his desire is. He breathes, he wants to breathe these rhythms into us so that we can breathe these rhythms into others. He wants us to breathe properly as we talked about last week. So <clears throat> here, uh, know that as we talk about faith as, and specifically in this passage too, this is very intimate, very personal with the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. And it says here, <clears throat> the mountain, of the house of the Lord. Remember, and we just talked about a uh, house last week with Jesus. He talks about the house that's built on the foundation on the rock versus the house that's built on the sand. And so this is the house of the Lord that's built on the rock, on Zion. He says, it shall be established as the highest of the mountains. It shall be lifted up above the hills. What is the highest mountain in your life right now? Why don't you just take time to think about that? Like, what is the highest mountain in your life right now? What's the pinnacle in your life? What's the apex? Because here it says your faith should be. The house of the Lord, worship, hearing and obeying, we're going to talk about in a second. Spiritual disciplines, being in the presence of God, 
that should be the highest of all mountains. That is the pinnacle. And then when you think about highest of all mountains, <clears throat> it's the one people see first. It's the one that's most prominent. It's the one that stands out above all else. So when people see you, what do they see? Which peak do they see in your life? I'm not saying faith isn't part of your life, but is it the pinnacle? Or is it the smaller mountain? <clears throat> and maybe family is your pinnacle right now. Or maybe finances is your pinnacle right now. What we're talking about here is faith should be the highest of all mountains. It should be, it should be above all those other peaks, defining the entire range, defining the entire mountain range. And we're talking about what people look like from what people see from the outside, but you, I mean, you know yourself, right? How do you see your life right now? Is faith the pinnacle? Is it the thing that stands above all else? Or are you in a season where, where uh, school is the pinnacle? Where your boyfriend or your girlfriend is the pinnacle? Where your gaming is the pinnacle? I don't, I don't know what it is for you, but evaluate yourself right now. Take, take some time to, to think about that, to, to, to just maybe identify something right now in the midst of this time together. Um, and, and just ask the Lord, what is my pinnacle? Is it, is it you? Is it faith? Is it, is it being in your presence? Because that's what it is here. And it says, It shall be lifted up, and all the nations shall flow to it. And he invites us. He says, Come, let's go to this mountain of the Lord. This is, this is hearkening back to Psalm 24. It's like, um, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, the King of glory? It's, it's Second Chronicles, the end of, the, end of uh, the Hebrew scriptures there, where it says, let, uh, like, who's going to go up? Let, let him go up, it says at the end there. And so we're saying, let's go up to the mountain of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, we may walk in his path. So he's going to mention law here, because he says, out of Zion shall go the law. And what that means is it's, it's these things, it's God's ways. It's, it's his path, it's his, it's his instruction, it's how he's leading us, how he's guiding us. That's what that word law encompasses. So, it says here, we go for that purpose. We go for the purpose up to the mountain of the house of the Lord in order to uh, learn his ways that he may teach them to us. So we submit ourselves to him so he can teach us his ways, so that we can take our rhythms and say, we don't want these rhythms anymore. We want your rhythms, God. So here are my six Fs, God, and I want you to rearrange them. I want you to take all those six Fs and you arrange them. Here's my up and an out, and I want you to rearrange them, God. And so essentially here, there's desire. There's motivation. Because they want to walk in his paths. They want to do that. And so, you can say you have, you can make up an excuse for anything, right? I can say, hey, what are you hearing from, from the Lord lately out of the scriptures? And you can say, well, I, I haven't really been in the scriptures lately uh, for a while, for maybe even months now, because, um, I've just been so busy. 
And I can say, well, but do you desire it? Because if you actually desired to be in the Word, guess what you would do? Well, you would make it happen. You would make room for the things that you desire. And, and so, essentially what we're talking about here, when we read this passage and we see these people, in their essence, they desire to go up to the mountain of the house of the Lord. They desire for faith to be their pinnacle. They desire to climb that mountain. And guys, it's arduous. I get it. It's arduous to climb a mountain. I've climbed a few of them. It's, it's not easy, right? And when you're talking about your faith and your spiritual disciplines and hearing from God, like it's not easy because most of the time, we're carrying stuff we shouldn't be carrying up the mountain with us. So think about that. If you're scaling a mountain and you brought your pots and pans, you brought a sleeping bag, you brought a tent, you brought a cooler, you brought your fishing gear, you brought, um, you got your, your toddler in there as well, like on your back. Uh, my parents used to do that. Uh, you, <clears throat> you, um, you got all your gear, your rain gear, your snow gear, because you're like, I don't know what weather to expect. Uh, your shorts, your, your pants, your sweater, your sweatshirts, your food is all in there. And uh, you know, you didn't just bring like snacks, you brought steaks and uh, so you got all this in your bag <clears throat> and you're trying to climb up this mountain. And it's arduous. Maybe there's something in your life right now that you need to take out of the bag. Maybe, instead of bringing all your food, you say, you know what, Lord? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So I'm going to lay my food aside. I'm not going to be anxious because you provide for the birds of the air, the lilies of the field, and I'm going to trust you with that. So I'm going to put my clothes aside too because you clothe the lilies. You feed the birds. This is Sermon on the Mount. So I'm going to put that aside too. I thought I needed that, but I don't. Um, and, and, and you start to unpack your bag so that you can ascend this mountain easier. Now, the good news for us is Jesus is the person who goes up. He's already gone up for us. He's already made the way. He's already shown us the path. He's already shown us how to walk. He's shown us where to go. We just need the desire to do it. It's just desire. They have desire here. They want to go up. They want to worship. They don't want their family to get in the way. They don't want their finances to get in the way. They don't want, there's so many things that can get away. There's so many excuses you can have. And, and here the people just do it. They just go so that they can walk in his paths because this is what happens. They go up, they go in, and then they go out. For out of Zion shall go the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. It goes out from there. That's the whole goal. So again, when I said personal, like this is our personal, it's not personal, you keep it here. It is out, up in and out, all flow together, and your faith informs all of those things. And so here when I say faith, I mean your faith, like your walk with Jesus, so it's kind of this general idea of faith, but also your trust in God your trust in our Lord Jesus Christ, your, your, your trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, he says here in verse 4, this is the result. So, you're like, well, okay, I hear you saying you should desire it, all that, 
But why? Why should I desire it? Why should that be important to me? Why can't I just say, uh, why can't I just live my life how I want to live it? Or if you're a Christian, why can't I just be a Christian and just live as comfortably as I can? Why should this be important, important to me? Well, here's the why. It says in verse 4, He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples. So, yeah, actually, let me keep on reading. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So why? Why is because if you really took time to evaluate your rhythms, these six F's, let's just focus on faith right now, is it actually where you want it to be? Is it actually serving to unite all of your rhythms into a melodious sound? Or are your rhythms a cacophony? Just a bunch of bad noises put together, clanging cymbals, you know, this thing's a little off, this thing's a little off. The faith rhythm actually unites all of it. And guys, faith obviously is one of the big uh, um, uh, domains that the church is in. Not, don't think domain engagement, but just in general, the, that word. Um, area, arena that the, ch that the church operates in. Um, and we're trying to say, yes, these are all united as well. Um, and you could say, oh, yeah, well, um, we're always talking about those things. But guys, we are spiritual beings. And if this foundation is off, or if this isn't your mountain, if you built your house on something else, not on the rock, then everything else is going to be off. And so most of the time when people come to me and they, they have an, uh, some sort of counseling issue, I start by asking them how their faith rhythm is. I start by asking them that because it's not that that's going to fix everything. It's not a cure-all. It's not a panacea for that. Um, but I know if that's off, if there's a crack in the foundation, then the rest of the house is going to be off. So let's just make sure the foundation is right first before we even start to address the walls. Because if we just change out a wall, well, again, it's going to get another crack of it because the foundation is cracked and it's going to come from that. So, um, so let's just address the cornerstone first. Let's make sure Christ is your cornerstone. Let's talk about the foundation and then we can go from there. So here, uh, if you really sit and think about it, is your faith where you want it to be? Are your rhythms where you want it to be? Here he says, we're warring. The example here is, is one of warring nations, disputes between nations. But inside each of us, there's a war going on. There's hostility going on. You feel it every day, probably. This is Romans chapter 8. When you, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, life in the spirit is hostility to the flesh. So you feel that tug of war. You feel the dispute. You feel that. And he says, 
warring is happening in us. Warring is happening between your rhythms. Does it feel like, oh man, my family rhythm and my, and my faith rhythm and my fuel rhythm and my finances rhythm and my fruit rhythm and, uh, and uh, my fitness rhythm, they're all just like, uh, it feels like they're warring against one another or, or a couple of those feel like they're just butting heads all the time. How do I get that more in line with each other? How do I get them unified? Well, faith has to be your pinnacle. It has to be the mountain here. Because he says, when that happens, because we're in this war, he says, when that happens, peace will reign. Peace. That's why he talks about your swords, these weapons of destruction, these weapons of, of division. They're going to be beat into plowshares. Your spears, another weapon to incite violence, to, to, to create um, disunity. And it's going to be beat into a pruning hook. You're like, okay, what are plowshares and pruning hooks? Okay, so they're going to be built and the, they're going to be smashed down into tools that are farming tools for cultivation, for harvesting, to provide nourishment, to, to supply needs, right? They're going to be used for uh, beneficial means, to bring people together rather than divide people apart. Peace will reign. And when our, when our, when we've gone up to the mountain of the Lord, when He's taught us His ways, when we're walking in His paths, this is the result, this peace. And He says here, neither shall they, uh, nation shall not lift up sword against nation, so no more war, neither shall they learn war anymore. Are you learning war instead of learning peace. And you might say, well, I'm not pursuing war. It's not like I'm intentionally learning war. But are you pursuing and intentionally learning peace? Because if you're not, you might be learning war passively. Because you're just in the warring environment. You know, you're just in the nation that is warring and you're affected by it. Look at the nations in the world who, are, who, who have disputes and wars right now. Everybody's affected by it, whether they're a, a, whether they're a part of the war or not. They're affected or they're complicit in it. Um, but, but even if you're just an innocent bystander, you, your, your way of life is affected by it. Um, your dreams and goals are affected by it. The economy is affected by it. Your home, your, your family's future, all that's affected by the dispute, by the war that's going on around you. And so for us, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, we are to be peacemakers. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Meaning, they're the ones who will learn my ways, walk in my paths, where faith is their pinnacle, where they're practicing the presence of God, where we are hearing and obeying, where we have our spiritual disciplines in our, where our rhythms are not, 
are not counteracting one another, butting heads with one another, but they are going all in the same direction on the path of righteousness that Jesus has laid out before us to, to um, walk in his ways, to walk in step with the Spirit. So are you learning war? And so I want you to take this time right now. I want you to take this time. And I want you to identify something in your heart, in your soul, in your life. I want you to take this time to identify something where uh, there's a war happening inside you. And it may be with somebody, right? A broken relationship. It may be with something, anger, lust. Those are things that Jesus identifies in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, it may be, uh, or anything in between. And I just want you to take this, and you may say, I don't really have anything. And I will say, uh, you're not thinking hard enough. Because uh, the Bible says uh, in 1 John, uh, well, okay, that'll distract us. But go to 1 John chapter 1 and you'll see what I mean. So there is, uh, I just want you to take this time right now to just sit, be in silence. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be silent for a bit. Um, and we're going to take this time to identify something in our hearts that we're warring against, that you want to give to the Lord. So if you're in your R3 right now, um, R3 leaders, you can kind of set this time up. If you want to pause and set this time up, you can. Or we'll just be um, silent for about 30 seconds, um, and you can keep it, keep it running as well. So let's, let's do that now. Let's ask the Lord to identify something in our hearts. All right, I know that wasn't a lot of time, but if you're in an R3, which I hope you are, R3 leaders, you can use that later in your R3 end time together to go deeper in, into what is warring in our hearts, what is, what is warring in people's souls right now. Um, maybe you have a time of confession, maybe you have a time of um, healing. Uh, often confession leads to healing. Maybe you have a time where where you just come around one another, carry one another's burdens. Maybe this is a time where you've identified someone and your R3 leader helps you with action steps to reconcile that relationship. Guys, it can lead into something beautiful. It can lead into peace in your heart, in your life, bring your rhythms back into, into order. So you can do that, you can do that later. Uh, but what it will lead to is verse five. Oh, house of Jacob, Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Do you desire to walk in the light rather than the darkness? I know the darkness feels comfortable. I know the darkness is, uh, we find solace in it sometimes. We're called to walk in the light of the Lord. And I guarantee you it's more comforting. There's more solace. There's peace and rest and purity and, and uh, God's presence all in the light of the Lord. There's warmth, there's nourishment, there's, 
there's just walking with brothers and sisters. There's, there's no more loneliness and aloneness in the dark. We can walk in the light of the Lord and we can go out on mission, making disciples who make disciples because now if our faith is a pinnacle, it will help reorder and put in a place, in the, in the proper place, all the other apps, all the other rhythms so that um, we are uh, making a joyful Lord to uh, joyful noise to the Lord for others to hear and come alongside and be a part of as well. So I just want to bless you today with peace in your hearts. May peace rule your heart. May peace reign your heart, not war. And as you go into your R3s, I pray uh, God's presence over you. Uh, fill our R3 leaders with your spirit, God, to help them discern. Give them words of knowledge and words of wisdom. Uh, give them uh, just the gentleness of the Spirit. Produce that in them so that peace would rule and reign in our hearts today as a church uh, in this city. We ask in your name, Jesus. Amen.